This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock. Welcome back to J Insights on High Stakes. I'm David Schifrin with our CEO, David Gerard, uh, and we are talking about an article that, as of the time of this recording, came out 17 days ago, which in COVID time is an eternity. And so uh, I was really interesting <laughs> as we continue to talk about this article. It has some longevity. It really stuck with us and stuck with David. Uh, it's, it's from the Washington Post. It's an opinion piece called Forget Swabs. We All Need to Take a Character Test. It's by Nancy Gibbs, who is the director of the Shorstein Center on Media, Politics, and Public Policy at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government, reading from uh, her bio. And uh, it's an intriguing title. And so kick us off, David, by explaining why this piece you know, captured your attention and 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 what has led you to continue thinking about it two and a half weeks later. Yeah, thank you. I, I was struck by the piece because there's obviously so much conversation about tests and testing and are there enough tests and have we done the right test and are the tests effective? So I, I love language puzzles and, and this was an introduction of that idea. But based on that, it elevated the idea of tests to a different kind of test that we are all taking, uh, which is a test of character. Uh, and it's it's how we choose to act in public. Are we wearing a mask or not? How are we choosing uh, to treat our family while we're at home? How are em- employers working with their employees and how are employees sort of working in their community? All sorts of tests are, are happening and every test is a choice. I'm choosing to do for this versus choosing to do to do that. So I love the idea of recognizing that as a, as a country and as organizations, as individuals, we're being tested. And it's also true for our industry, the healthcare industry, which is not to say we're completely through it, but in large part, we're past the point where the pandemic surges that threatened to overwhelm so many uh, of our hospitals. And now we're left with a rubble on the other side of that. But that crisis is by itself a kind of test. And often crises like that are very clarifying moments. It's very clear what needs to be done. It's very clear what does not need to be done. And in that moment of clarity, uh, cultures are formed and, and friendships are formed and working relationships are formed. And it's, it's one of the reasons it makes it so memorable. But now we're on the other side of that where the answers to the tests are less clear, but the questions are more numerous than they were before. At the board level, the questions are, well, who are we now and what does our mission mean now what decisions do we make based on that versus our operational plan and our five-year strategic plan and a test of character and a test of our mission is what needs to be discarded what needs to be continued given what we what we know there's tests for administration about how they will operationalize the important strategic decisions of the board at the department level at the staff level all in the midst of not knowing not knowing what three months is going to look like, what things are going to look like in six months. So you have to act. You have to take a, a character test in the midst of uncertainty. These are hard things. I, I think when you consider how you pass a test like that, you have to go back to those things that you fundamentally believe to be true. And so ultimately, I, I think a, a test for a number of our organizations is a test of their mission itself. Is that mission really the guiding mission for our organization? Is that the reason we get up in the morning 
And is this the thing that I use to make decisions? If your mission and vision is not usable in that way and doesn't resonate with you in this moment, it may be that you don't have the vision that fits this moment. And it may be a, a fundamental test is to revisit that core. I want to look at that a little bit more and connect what you just said about revisiting mission and vision along with needing to let, th- let certain things go. Because I always think of things in terms of weird analogies. I'm thinking about this in in the context of the disaster movie, uh, you know, narrative arc. And so the crisis, everybody comes together. You do what needs to be done to survive the apocalypse, to escape the zombies. And then the movie either ends with people going their separate ways or, you know, collapsing against a wall. Everything's fine now, which sets up the sequel. But inevitably... At the end of in the third act or in the sequel or whatever, um, I'm taking this too far, but there there will be some kind of interpersonal conflict amongst the people who were the heroes in the in the first or second act, Mm -hmm. Um, and often that means that the group splinters. There's competing interests, but it's but it's also hard to let go. So the the decision is: do you keep pushing? Do you keep trying to keep maintain whatever momentum from the crisis um, and risk? you know, things fracturing for reasonable reasons? Or do you say, okay, this has served its purpose and now we need to move on? Whether that's your your operational plan, your strategic plan, saying this is, it's time to, it's time to let this go. As painful as that might be, it will be better in the long run. It's a, it's a great analogy. I'm thinking through the disaster movies that, um, that I've seen. And maybe a way to, another way to talk about it is that at the end of the disaster, the group has lost its why or it's lost its common why, right? The, 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 the why through the movie is, or the why through the event is, we're going to get through this. We're going to survive this. We're going to do whatever needs to get done to reach the end of that arc. And now there's a new why. Um, what was important to the group then may not be important to it now, and people move into their individual, or to their individual corners or to their priorities. I, I like that analogy because it, it's, a, it's a great time for... Um, healthcare providers of all stripes to re-examine their their why, which is maybe maybe another way to talk about mission, but maybe more personal. Why they're why they're here and why they're why they're in the work, and I think it's right for organizations to revisit it because it allows you to to slip through the the mental infrastructure and the physical infrastructure that has been an expression of our why for a hundred years. You know, we do complex care in a big box and we have these satellite other facilities that feed the big box. So we have a, we have a choice now when we think about the test. The, the test is, are we so comfortable with that, with that old model and that old construction that we have to snap back to it because we yeah. want to go to that comfortable place where we know what works? Um, or do we understand our why is different than, than the bricks and mortar? And even and even beyond bricks and mortar, just the the mental infrastructure that we've had for the delivery of care for hundred years, and do something new, yeah, um, and create something new. Yeah, it's like our good friend Pete Lawson has said on a number of occasions. You look at your mission; it does not say anything about brick and mortar or a specific facility. It says something like, "We are going to deliver the best care to our community." It doesn't say how that care is going to be delivered. It doesn't say how that care is going to be delivered. And we recognize, certainly everyone in our firm recognizes and our clients recognize, it's unnerving 
to take a step uh, into the unknown in this way. Even in good times, it's scary. In uncertain times, it's, it's more so. Yeah. Okay, David. So talk about the mindset of taking the test. What is going through your head uh, as you kind of move through the fire as you take the test? Um, forgive me, David, for like moving in this direction. But you all are, you all know um, Admiral Stockdale, right? The Stockdale test, um, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for eight years. And when he talks about um, how people survived that time, the survivors, they were people who were hopeful about the future, but were absolute practical realists about how things were in the moment. So they they lived in this uh, bifurcated or dual, dualistic sort of mental state where they were confident they were going to be released. They were confident they were going to go home, but were confident also that they were in a shitstorm. They were in they were in hell on earth and were able to hold both those things together in the same way. So I wonder if the Stockdale paradigm isn't a good tool for people to to hold now. All right, David, got to close it out with practical advice. What is one thing you can do, one decision you can make as a healthcare leader right now to help move things forward? Yeah, if I will say one thing, David, the, the dealing with this dealing with this pandemic has different chapters, right? Different stages. We we've gone through a stage of crisis and now actually we're we're in a stage of of recovery. Uh, where hospitals and health systems and uh, non-acute care centers are working on bringing their patients back and uh, getting the cash flow going again. And it is hard to overemphasize how important presence and communications is in this time. And that's from the top of the organization to the bottom. If you're a not-for-profit health system, convening and engaging with your board is key. If you're a private equity-backed group, pulling your board together and your investors together so you are aligned and what is happening and what is not happening, how to move forward is key. And then down through the organization, through your providers of care, through your nurses and your doctors, your administrators, the people who are on the telephone talking to your, to your patients, to the patients themselves and their families. If you, if you talk to them five times a month before, you got to double that. You got to triple those levels of, of interaction. And you may be thinking, well, I don't have anything new to say. It's the same thing. Say it again. You cannot over communicate. You cannot overemphasize what's important to you or the direction that you're going because there's so much chatter and conversation and misinformation that's being shared that if there is any crack in the door, if there's any daylight, it will be filled by information that is not helpful to you. So we engage in that conversation in every channel that you can think of and aggressively and consider that a commitment and investment you're going to make for 2020.